0: Thank you for choosing to listen to Tech Talks. It's the technology podcast that comes every Monday and Thursday for the love of tech with David Savage and Jack Pierce. On today's show, we've got Dave Palmer. He's the director of technology and co founder of DarkTrace. So, we're going to be talking all about cybersecurity and how it's evolving and the role that AI is playing in the industry. And then we're having another chat about AI, but this time it's about self driving cars. Addison Lee are going to put a fleet of self driving taxis on London roads by 2021 with the help of Oxbotica. Anyway, that's what we've got for you today. Enjoy the show.
1: Good morning, Jack. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Very well. Did you have a nice weekend? Lovely weekend, yeah. What did you get up to? Um, went for a few drinks on Saturday night. Yes. Went for a curry. That's about it, really, to be oh, honest. curry. What did you have? I had uh, a lamb. It was at Thaiabs. I can't remember exactly. It was so stressful in there. If you've ever been to Thaiabs in Aldgate, it's one of the most stressful places in the world. But some kind of lamb curry. It was, it was gorgeous.
0: I prefer the Lahore Kebab House.
1: That is so close to my actual house. The Lahore Kebab House. I yeah. love how... Yeah utterly bonkers unapologetic
0: it is in its decor
1: <laughs> yeah plastic
0: yeah. chairs cafe <laughs> yeah. kind of like and it's just what, what I love about it is that there's so many um, obviously Pakistani yeah. kind of ethnically Pakistani families in there yeah. having dinner so you immediately know food yeah. must be awesome yeah, yeah. And opposite is that off-licence that must sell the most Cobra and Kingfisher in London. Yeah. Because it's a bring-your-own Bring-your-own,
1: yeah, yeah. No, I mean, East London is just an absolute jewel. There's so many jewels for for Asian food. It's it's great. But how about you? Good weekend? Yeah, absolutely. I actually cooked a homemade curry. Wow. What? You did the paste and all. Yeah, yeah chicken yeah. karai Nice, which
0: is pretty healthy as, as it goes.
1: Yeah, is it is it creamy? I'm guessing it's not. Uh, if it's if it's no, healthy, no. yeah. <laughs> pretty
0: much uh, just onions, garlic, fresh ginger, uh, and then turmeric, um, or turmeric rather. Yeah, bit of chilli powder, bit of garam masala, bit of cumin chicken, tomatoes, and homegrown coriander.
1: Nice. I've got some very similar tonight, actually. We're making a dal this evening, so Mm -hmm. all those same spices, and we're going into that as well.
0: Delightful. Anyway, this isn't a food podcast. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) So we should probably talk about today's interview. Yes. uh, Where we have Dave Palmer, the director of technology from Dark Trace, joining us. Mm. I'm saying this isn't a food
2: podcast as
0: I'm eating a chocolate brownie. Anyway, (laughs) Dave is our guest today, talking about Dark Trace. And a really interesting piece of insight coming up on, on cyber and how the industry is changing and how AI is playing its role. Mm-hmm. But stick with the show because afterwards we're also going to be talking about AI on the streets of London. And I believe that, Jack, you might have a product for us. I do indeed. Cool. Well, look, that's what's coming up. Here's Dave. So this morning we're joined by Dave Palmer, Director of Technology at Darktrace. How are you this morning? Very well, thanks. How long have you been at Darktrace?
2: So I'm one of the founders. We've been going... Um... Well, as a full company for about five years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in the background, obviously, we were doing some inventing um, and prototyping before the, the company actually got formed. So, I guess we're getting on for six years now, but five years full time.
0: And director of technology is one of those titles that can mean one thing in one organisation, something quite different in another. What what generally
2: is the role that you perform? I guess I'm a bridge between um, our customers and our and our research. So lucky enough to uh, get to spend a lot of time with the product development, thinking about the products of the future that we're building, um, very passionate about the, uh, both the AI and the cybersecurity sides of Darktrace, um, but also spend a lot of time with customers, so mm-hmm. uh, trying to uh, get immersed in the problems that they have and the challenges that they have, um, and that's really interesting too. Um, it's amazing the diversity of businesses that are out there Mm -hmm. and what particularly cybersecurity means to them because it's often really different for different people.
0: And I suppose the, the attacks and the threats that you see
2: are becoming increasingly broad and diverse. When you think about the complexity of a modern digital business where we have all of the pieces of technology that we touch with our laptops and our mobile phones but then also the technology that exists in our uh, our offices and our smart TVs and video conferencing units, there's a lot more technology than you immediately think of. And then, of course, there's all the data centers and the cloud services and maybe some solutions that you rent from others like Microsoft or Salesforce mm. or whatever. So there's an absolute ton of technology out there, a lot of interesting data, and things can go wrong with all of it. In, in ways you really might not expect until you get immersed into this world and one of the really interesting developing um, problems that we're working on more and more is uh, this technology being used for eavesdropping in in enterprise environments Uh, so the the listening in on a law firm to hear sensitive discussions about cases or potentially unannounced mergers and acquisitions is not something that you'd expect outside of a spy movie yet um, is, is absolutely going on. And then there's just the world of mistakes um, or disgruntled people inside of organizations. And uh, it's absolutely, a bit of a cliche, but it's absolutely true to say that people that know you best can do the most damage, hmm. uh, whether deliberate or, or accidental. Um, and and that really matters too. So it's, it's not just some shadowy hacker in a hoodie in someone's basement um, trying to keep... Um, your business running and your data safe and protecting your customers is uh, far broader than, than I guess people would initially imagine.
0: The picture that you're painting by talking about eavesdropping is one that describes kind of an opportunistic attack or people looking for vulnerabilities and weaknesses rather than necessarily having something specific in mind. But in the press, you often, you often think of people being targeted, an individual that's targeted. You think of state-sponsored attacks being very direct towards one organisation or another. Have people have people got to think about threats in a slightly different way to the way that maybe we do in mainstream media currently?
2: I think the targeted attacks are, will be top of mind if you're the sort of organisation that's going to suffer that. So if you're in a geopolitically interesting uh, line of business, maybe you're an an oil and gas company or you're part of critical national infrastructure or military or government, then targeted attacks are uh, something you should absolutely have at the forefront of your mind. And also if you have something that criminals want, which is usually money, um, uh, then if you're a financial institution, um, then targeted attacks are are also a, a very serious problem. But indiscriminate attacks are easily 98, 99% of the problems that, mm. that we work with. It's useful to think of that as if someone discovers a really interesting new way of doing an attack, then rather than uh, you know Googling for businesses near them and then trying to um, uh, target each of those businesses one by one, you're simply going to scan every member of the internet and see where you can you can actually get a foothold with that attack and and make it work. And if you uh, imagine sitting on uh, the border between your organisation and the internet and you listened to everything that was coming into all your firewalls and border protections, it would feel like someone was constantly rattling your doors and windows. 24-7, you can see different um, time zones wake up. So maybe... um, if you're in a European time zone, you see uh, the Asian countries. There will be a lot of attacks coming in from those directions early in the morning, and towards the end of the day, you'll be in the in the Western time zones in North America or whatever, or South America, and you can you can see those shifts. You know, criminals creep office hours too. Um, it's uh, uh, and it's amazing, um, and more and more um, the attacks try and find ways of getting access to the biggest, organize, uh, mm. the biggest audience possible would be the best way of saying it. So um, if there's a well-read newspaper and you can launch your attack by hiding in one of the adverts that they they serve out, or uh, if you could uh, take advantage of a streaming site or anything else running adverts and use that as a bridge to suddenly get access to be able to launch your attack to, say, all New York Times subscribers, then... That's good news for you as a criminal. So if you're standing at that border and you're
0: listening and everyone's rattling your windows and you're the security manager who suddenly discovers that one of those windows has been left open, Hmm. what's the best way of approaching the board? Because that must be a terrifying moment for a security team to discover that there is a
2: fault in their defence. So I think the, the best way of imagining this is the way that you catch an attack in progress is generally you're not going to notice it coming in and out of the organisation. That that highway between you and the internet is a very busy place, and it's really difficult to contextualise everything that's coming in and out at um, millions or billions of, of packets per second. So normally you'll discover the problem because you see a person or a device doing something weird right. inside of your organisation. And so maybe if my laptop suddenly starts downloading all of our research uh, information. That's something I'd be allowed to do inside of our organization, but I typically wouldn't use this laptop for it. I'd go go to our research department and I'd use a, a specialist device there. But if my travel laptop, this one here, was suddenly grabbing all the R&D information, then I think you're right. The security team would be, oh, I wonder what Dave's doing. And that's a bit worrying. Um, is Dave sending any of this data out to the outside world? And mm. do we think this is Dave himself or has someone guessed his password or hacked his laptop? I think in my case, they'd know it wasn't.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't know how to do that. But.
2: <laughs> well, you have a lot of question marks yeah, yeah. to begin with. And you, you're right. You, you don't want to go to the board and say, all of our R&D is moving around weirdly, but I don't know why and I don't know who's doing it and I don't know what's going on. So you, you naturally will be hesitant to to raise an, raise an alert and the trouble with the digital world is pretty high performance these days things can go wrong really quickly um, and you can't really wait. You, you have to um, make a decision about is this data theft? Is this just Dave doing his job and he's doing something slightly unusual? That's a real challenge. So, do board members find out immediately when problems start to arise? I think only if there's an existential impact on the organisation. I think if you're an e-commerce site and you can't, uh, you can't process any transactions or you're a, a factory and, and, and the production line isn't running, then yeah, you'll tell the board straight away. But in a more um, more typical environment, no, I think the, the security team's going to be thinking about that long and hard for mm. hours if not days before, before the board gets notified.
0: I think the general public are maybe becoming a little bit, uh, well, blasé about attacks. Whereas it was headline news, it seems to slip down the news pages when a big attack or a big breach happens now. It's, it's not as unusual. Is that a problem to, to boards
2: and to security teams, or does it also present opportunities maybe in ways that we haven't thought about? It's, I think it's definitely both. So I think we've all become somewhat jaded about hearing about breaches. And rarely do they they have a material impact on us um, as as uh, customers of organisations or, or consumers. In general, if someone steals my credit card detail, the bank has got my back. If mm. there's fraudulent charges to my credit card, they will help me out. And it's unlikely I will, will personally lose any money. If, however, I was... Um, I don't know, involved in cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and stuff like that, and someone stole my Bitcoin wallet, I'd have no recourse. And that would probably feel personally painful to me. But that, again, is kind of niche. Um, Not many people in that space. I think where it comes really real is, if you think back to last year, where there was an attack called NotPetya, hit a lot of the headlines, that uh, was aimed at uh, organizations in the Ukraine, but then ended up bouncing Um, all over the world, for MESC, they were ended up with $400 million of costs and TNT, the package delivery people, were interrupted for for days and weeks. And I think if you start going, where's my package, that first feels like a personal impact. And uh, a few weeks earlier we had the WannaCry attacks that here in the UK resulted in some patients having operations cancelled um with the nhs and i think that would feel extremely personal in a way that you know a a data breach doesn't feel personal um so yeah i think we do get jaded to especially the credit card breaches um and they're not top of mind for for most consumers but your point on opportunities is a good one and i think uh on balance the fact that we're all talking about security breaches a lot more has made it more okay for security teams to have a relationship with a board that's more informative right um, so mega breaches aside low level cybersecurity incidents will happen in uh, every single day in most organizations over a certain size and having cybersecurity as a routine conversation where you can go to the board and say Um, hey, well, in our organisation of 5,000 people, this month or this quarter, we've had on average two attacks a day. Most of them have been handled tactically. Uh, One of them was the result of uh, someone who who was preparing to resign and they wanted to take all the the customer details with them to their new job. You can have a more grown-up relationship and you can have the board more informed, more, um, more able to lead on, priorities for cyber security, whether that's production lines or customer data or medical records or whatever Uh, and that's a good thing Um, and the more that we talk to each other across businesses about cyber security issues and kind of raise the level of protection that we have in in the economy in general then that's all to the good as well because we never really think about where attacks come from one of the things that's easy to imagine is that Attacks come directly from a hacker's laptop in, uh, I don't know, like Portugal or uh, South America or something like that. Mm -hmm. But the reality is most attacks will come from another legitimate business. And uh, people leapfrog around the world in order to launch their attacks. And when they're um, deliberately overwhelming a website like... um, Uh, preventing your video games from from working on your PlayStation or uh, trying to crash a bank's website, those attacks aren't just coming from the attacker's computer. They're coming from all of our computers or our broadband connections at home. So the more that we all improve our cybersecurity, actually the hygiene of the internet generally will get a lot better. Mm -hmm. And hopefully some of these overwhelming denial-of-service attacks will start to disappear as a concept as we all get better and better.
0: As technology improves, obviously... Security, cybersecurity and the attacks faced are are going to evolve. So if you think about AI, um, you sent through some notes kindly before the the podcast and um, you said that AI on the side of attacks or attackers rather is imminent and it's going to help evolve their attacks. But your last point was the silver lining was that AI will make the defender the stronger side. Um, It would seem that that's kind of an arms race of a sort. Mm. Uh, on both sides, how how do you actually see AI really impacting uh, enterprise businesses and their ability to ward off attacks?
2: AI is definitely going to change every facet of cybersecurity. So um, our firewalls are going to get smarter and able to make better decisions on um, longer periods of of data and understanding what should be going on. And our antivirus products are going to get smarter and smarter and, and use AI to. Um, have a much closer look at what our laptops are doing and our on our servers are doing um, but I think what AI really offers the defender is the ability to have home turf advantage again so mm-hmm. what AI is really good at is understanding uh, complexity uh, and dealing with complexity and you can now do things um, like Dark Trace does where you say um, how does everyone and everything in our our business operate and let me know if someone or something is starting to do something that's uh, really out of character and automatically fight back against that um, if the machine decides that's an attack. That is something that without AI is completely unthinkable. You couldn't sit there and say, here are all the scenarios where something might go wrong and uh, trying to find everyone's job and how they use data and apps and technologies.
0: So I suppose the point being that it's harder to be opportunistic if you've got a silent watchdog monitoring everything that's normal.
2: Well I think if you if you think about the way that we've done cybersecurity for a long time is um, as an industry we've said um, based on historical attacks don't allow these types of attacks to be repeated. Mm. And that means um, criminals need to do something new and inventive and different to bypass the defenses that we all already have. But if you combine that with an AI system that's looking for things that are different or inventive or unusual, then suddenly the defenders have got a really positive feedback loop that they can block things they know to be bad and they can catch things that are strange and unusual. And if that turns out to be an attack, then they can share the knowledge about that and attack um, to make sure that uh, none of us in the in the world are, are affected by that attack again. And I don't think that leaves much wriggle room for, for the criminals. However, will criminals use AI? Absolutely. I think they will... Um, Start with capabilities that are already very strong, uh, that exist today. So uh, we talked about eavesdropping a moment ago. If you're a criminal, you probably don't want to listen in to way more meetings. I don't think you become a criminal because you want to go to a lot of meetings. Um, So uh, have all of your eavesdropping attacks automatically transcribed using um, uh, speech-to-text AI systems. You don't Mm -hmm. have to write that. You can just use Amazon's or Microsoft's or someone like that. Um, And then you probably don't want to read all those transcripts. You could just say, here are the things I'm interested in. Maybe it's undisclosed mergers and acquisitions. You're going to try and monetize that by trading on the stock market. Um, You could just have another AI um, uh, system that is pretty trivial to write that semantically understands what mergers and acquisitions means in terms of language and go hunting for for that wherever it's spoken in in all these eavesdropping attacks all over the world. Will we get to the point where there are maybe sneaky AI attacks that you launch them and they try and blend into what's normal in the environment and they sneak around using only the technologies that are in use in that organisation and only the, the right passwords and the, the right user accounts? Maybe. I think that's um, it. sounds a bit science fiction-y and I think it might come in future if everyone's defence really improves. But these days, unless you're on the cutting edge of cybersecurity defenses and you're using AI yourself, then it's unlikely that they're getting caught as they move around your business anyway. So, uh, yeah, maybe as uh, concepts like AI and cyber defense becomes mainstreamed, uh, we'll see more and more AI and attack uh, for sneaking around and and blending in. But right now, I think it's going to be how can we save time and effort and reach more victims uh they're all things that directly affect how much money you make as a criminal so they'll they will definitely come
0: thank you for giving up some time this morning
2: been a real pleasure to speak to you oh likewise it's been a lot of fun
0: thanks one of the things that i really liked that he said Mm. uh, and we said this before on the show yeah is that people who know you the best can do the most damage
1: (laughs) Yeah. Immediately, you immediately think you're a spouse, right? <laughs>
0: oh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. The way that we consider um, personal security and corporate security, yeah. we're all very aware now of well, bank details. Or, you know, yep. mother's maiden name shouldn't necessarily be plastered all over social media. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I need two fa- two, two-factor authentication to get into different accounts, etc., etc., et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. And then I am liable to walk away from my desk with my laptop unlocked,
1: which I have hacked you on before, haven't I? Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. I wouldn't say hacked. <laughs> no. Walked
0: up and uh, yeah, yeah. taken advantage of my inept <laughs> attitude around some things. But I, I love the points that he makes that cybersecurity is different for different people, yeah. and it is such a broad area, um, and and we do treat uh, corporate and personal security really very differently.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean even to the point where you know my my password at work to get onto my work laptop is so much more um convoluted with grammar numbers capital letters whereas my personal one it's not as strong as it should be you know yeah. it just isn't and i suppose from where i'm sitting at i would always feel a lot worse if it was my fault that our company got hacked as opposed to if i got hacked you know and someone got my personal data you know this
0: and I suppose my naive attitude to this has always been, yeah, but oh, come on, who's, who's going to attack yeah. little old me? But yeah. then the, the fact that he frames the argument as actually 98 99% of the problems that we deal with are indiscriminate,
1: mm-hmm. they're
0: opportunistic. Yeah. So therefore it makes you realise, hang on a minute, being lax about corporate yeah. security is just opening the door. And actually, it's not some super-targeted, I want to get Jack Pierce no. or Dave Savage probably never going to be the case i oh, wouldn't have thought <laughs> it is people just looking yeah. for someone having dropped the ball a little bit and taking full advantage and of it and that's
1: your way in then isn't yeah. it? it doesn't matter who it is or where the threats come um, come from once you're in you're in right i really liked how dave um described you know cyber attacks on bigger organizations it's like a constant rattling um of your doors and windows you know you can really then begin to visualize and hear that constant threat that is out there for businesses you know two or three attacks a day the larger organisations will go through and it's...
0: It makes you imagine sitting in a, in a fairly isolated house yeah. in the dark yeah. nervous as kind of something's moving around mm. and you're not sure where it's coming from.
1: Really feels like a Halloween kind of yeah. thing doesn't it? That, oh yeah, with this weekend exactly. going up, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, just on that did you see the article in the news Jamie Lee Curtis famous liberal um, famously massively anti-guns um, some right-wing media it might have even been Fox News in America said ah oh, Bit funny, Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, she's so against guns, yet in her new film, she's seen holding a shotgun to try and get rid of Mike Myers, who's breaking into her house to, to kill her. <laughs> and, of course, the fact that she's an actor, actor has right? nothing
0: to do with no, it. No, 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 no.
1: She should have refused the role if she's that bothered about gun crime. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs>
0: yeah. um, so this constant rattling at the doors and the windows, I think, is a really emotive yeah. way of thinking about yeah. it and, and, and does, as you say, immediately... Paint this picture that, yeah. that makes you go, ah, oh, that's the threat.
1: And then also, as you picked up on when you are, you retorted to his question, well, what if a window's left open? You know, that is a way to visualise an attack. You know, a door could be slightly open, and that's enough to get that, get in. Yeah. Sort of thing, you know.
0: The other thing I hadn't really considered was the fact that you know people are eavesdropping. Oh. It's, it's not even so much that they're trying to steal information and hack away in. They're just they're just listening yeah. for information they yeah. can use. And it does make it, you know, he says it kind of sounds spy, spy film-esque. It, it, it yeah. is, you know. Uh, listening to a law firm to try and get M&A information that, that can be used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, does, it does completely change my image of what a hacker is. And he said, you know, yeah. it's not someone in a hoodie <laughs> trying to... It's not. It's clearly no, not. It's, it's not. people just looking for an opportunity yep. and in and taking advantage, as we've already said. So
1: do you reckon, just based on that, these people hang around in coffee shops near law firms, around Holborn and places like that, just, just on the off chance to catch part of the conversation and then there you go, that's your I, way I,
0: in. I think we should check who's listening to us right now. But oh, no. I mean. uh, <laughs> sitting
1: in a coffee shop. Yeah. Not,
0: not near Holborn. No. <laughs> um, I also like the way that he describes the way that enterprise security teams are having to react to problems. So... Um, this idea that because it moves so fast, it's knowing when to act and when not to yeah, act. And yeah. Obviously, boards don't hear a lot of the threats that an organization faces. Yeah. It's only really when it's an existential threat that the board is going to hear. Yeah. That, that is such a tightrope yeah. for, for um, a security manager or a head of cyber to, to walk. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. the idea that cyber is becoming routine is a positive that
1: yeah, yeah, surprised me. So
0: this idea that um, we can talk about it a lot more freely and it's becoming a more adult conversation because it's happening all the time. I would have assumed that they want to you want to be hearing less about security attacks <laughs> yeah. because they're on top of security. But it's like, no, these things happen all the time. Yeah. So therefore accept that, talk about it more, you'll have a more mature conversation, and that's positive for everyone involved.
1: Yeah.
0: Again, just a slightly different perspective on what I would have actually normally expected.
1: Well, plan for plan for risk, not prevention, necessarily. You know, it's yeah. like um, our friend from Viatech was saying last week. A slightly different uh, subject matter, but you know, that's that's a, a smart approach.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, AI. Yeah. We get to it. It's really quite meaty. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I like I that this, it gives us home turf advantage. Exactly, yeah, yeah, I was going to yeah, say yeah, yeah. the home
0: turf advantage is is really interesting. Uh, and you know, he talks about the fact that. You know, traditionally security teams looked at historical attacks um, and then cyber criminals were forced to innovate and and come up with new attacks. Whereas now we're already looking for the innovations. We're looking for the strange and the unusual. Yeah. Um, And I also love the fact that he talks about, you know, most risks or, or most attacks now people being sneaky they're blending in they're working their way around their network which again leads back into that idea of rattling the doors and windows once they're in on uh, sorry once they're in the house they're tiptoeing around
1: yeah Yeah. they're they're, they're making themselves scarce and you know you made the point as well um, criminals will use AI eventually or if they're not already so it's that point is it an arms race again who gets the smarter faster leaner AI to prevent or to cause risk you know it's it's worrying that you know you can have a hacker sit there with AI and you know learn. We, we talk about is AI
0: good or bad, is it going to take away jobs? Cybersecurity teams will not be able to do their jobs without AI. Yeah. That much yeah. is, is evident. Yeah. On top of that, um, Dave didn't mention this in the interview, but afterwards when we were just chatting, he mentioned about the fact that in the US, I think there are something like 600,000 jobs in security that are unfilled because we don't have the people really? in the industry with the skills to do them. Mm. And the only way to close that skills gap is AI yeah yeah so yeah. AI being a real partner yeah and asset in in preventing attacks and giving organizations safe it, it frames AI in that real kind of this is a tech yeah. for good
1: thing yeah absolutely but then you know you flip that coin and you you're in the hacker's shoes and you're using AI to get around firewalls and you know really rattle the windows and doors and, and get that way and it's it's as scary as it is safeguarding you know it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like you say, it's that arms race to who gets the best and, and first AI, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, look, Dave, really interesting. Really interesting. Um, an area uh, of tech that we know is moving particularly fast, that we know is relevant to people on both a personal and corporate level. Fantastic to have a, a brand like Dark Trace come onto the pod, so thank you very much. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move to our advert break, and then afterwards we will return with a bit of news and a product. mm mm-hmm. Hi folks, Dave here. I wanted to let you know that we've teamed up with Audible.co.uk and we're offering you a free audiobook. All you have to do is register for a one-month free trial to claim your free audiobook, of which there are over 250,000 to choose from. It's a 30-day free trial. It means you can choose a free audiobook which is yours to keep whether or not you decide to cancel that trial period or not. Free piece of advice? If you're gonna try an audiobook, go for Bill Bryson's A Walk in the Woods. Anyway, Sign up at www.audible.co.uk forward slash Tech Talks. Back to the show. Welcome back to Tech Talks. It is time for Monday's news. This is very topical because this was only in the Guardian this morning, I think.: Wow we. Yeah. Um, so the article is by Gwyn Toppen. He's the Guardian's transport correspondent. Addison Lee aims to deploy self-driving cars in London by 2021.:
1: That's not far away.:
0: That's not far away. In fact, the article points out that it's behind several other cities, including Tokyo, where they've had an experiment in place uh, since August, because oh, they're wow. aiming for deployment by the Olympics in 2020. Oh,
1: okay, that's interesting. And of course, we're all aware
0: um, of the, the, the trials and troubles that Uber and Toyota have been having, obviously, right. with the yep. fatality last year. Yep. But again, um, you know, Toyota have, have put 388 million in towards developing self driving cars.
1: Yeah.
0: It isn't far away. It's definitely going to happen. It's definitely yeah. coming.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. We all. <laughs> I mean, for, for whenever I think of driverless cars, that are, I, I think of the film Logan, you know, the recent yeah, Wolverine yeah. film, and then that's upset sort of slightly in the future, and there's all these lorries that don't have drivers, and then there's a big issue on a highway with that. I mean, look, it's going to happen. We've, like you say, you've seen it happen with Tesla, with Continental we talked about as well, and, and now Addison Lee, and um, it's just interesting. I, I, uh, those first few trips without a taxi driver, who's going to do that? Who's going to be that martyr? Well, this
0: is, this is the, martyr.
1: <laughs> but what, because something's going to go wrong, right? Well,
0: it is that thing, like, you know, you get into a car on a London road, um, I was seeing... You can't go si-
1: fast enough anyway to hurt yourself. Uh, I,
0: I was seeing uh, my sister at the weekend. She lives down in Kent. Uh, it's an 80-kilometre trip back to our place. Um, part of it's around the M25, part of it's on the M3 going back into London. Yep. Um, Part of it's on windy country roads on the outskirts of places like Seven Oaks and Tunbridge Wells. Yep, 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 the yep. amount of shit driving, quite frankly, that you witness. People squeezing themselves into gaps, not indicating properly, not using lanes like they're supposed to. People are idiots. Yes. And, and <laughs> it's like, can a computer react to that element of unpredictability. So your, y- your yes. worry is
1: more the reaction of other how it reacts with other drivers. My my worry is, is the is the
0: idiots on yeah, the road yeah, rather yeah. than necessarily the computer because it's all very well you know they're talking about we're mapping two hundred and fifty thousand miles of public roads and all the traffic features in London but it doesn't count for the knobheads that we're yeah. using them
1: or cyclists <laughs> yeah,
0: who cyclists by the way who seem to have absolutely no regard yep. for traffic lights. Oh the
1: the man. Come on. The
0: amount of times a cyclist has nearly hit me yeah. uh, when it's a green man and the light's on red. Dicks. Anyway, um, I have a real problem with cyclists. Well,
1: see, <laughs> see I borrow a bike probably a couple of times a week, like, but that's it. And I will always stick in... The way I come into work, it's a bus lane, it's fine. Do you know my biggest danger on the road as a cyclist? It's people on motorbikes. Yeah. They, they have no... Like cyclists, they have no like rules. They just go in either lane. They cut you up. They go really... Oh, yeah.
0: I am fully of the opinion, I know it's been muted for a while, but I am fully of the opinion that driving will become illegal if they get this technology right.
1: That's a very interesting point. What, in the city centre, you mean? Or... No, I just mean generally. In general, yeah. A prohibition of driving. I certainly
0: think on motorways, where you haven't got, you know, you've only got a junction every couple of miles mm, or so, mm, mm. Uh, you haven't got a huge amount of road features, That's and true. it's just people driving at speed in one direction. Um, why on earth would you throw in the irrational, illogical choices of a human being versus a computer that knows what's safe and what's not?
1: I totally agree. I'd love to see it.
0: I know it has its risks. Yeah. Um, I know that if it's hacked... So do people driving, though, you know? Yeah, exactly. But... I would imagine the probability of an accident in that scenario being higher with a human involved.
1: Yeah, Yep. no, I would agree, I would agree. I love that that you're, it's so relevant to today's show, but what happens if your car gets hacked whilst you're in it? of course, of course. But that's only gonna be a risk for, you know, maybe famous people in their cars or whatever, you know? No, I
0: don't think so. I mean, one of the nightmare scenarios is, what if everyone's in an autonomous car and someone hacks the system and cuts the brakes to half of them? Wow. There are obviously risks. yeah. But at the same time, every one, yeah. time you get in a yeah. car, there are risks.
1: It takes one ira- ira- um, irrational driver on the road to cause a pilot. My
0: mum was driving into Newcastle from Hexham in Northumberland uh, a few weeks ago, and she said that she had an absolutely terrifying incident where someone had got on the uh, dual carriageway mm. um, and turned around and came back down the fast lane in the wrong direction. What? Yeah, now she only saw it for like half a minute, but that was only a few weeks ago. Like, God knows what was going through that person's head, but a computer would never let that happen. Wouldn't happen, yeah. And, you know, there, there was a story not too recently where someone turned onto a motorway the wrong way and ended up killing oh, someone. God. You know, an elderly couple. Yeah. Um, uh, turned onto the motorway the wrong way, went down in the wrong direction and head-on oh. collision with someone else.
1: It's like what I do on Grand Theft Auto, to get to places faster. But it
0: does happen. Yeah. Um, and humans are idiots. But anyway, <laughs> um, kind of slightly divulging off the point of the original article, you uh, what I also find very interesting about this... Yeah. 5,000 drivers, Addison Lee... Yeah. Uh, their their, their um, head says they're going to carry on. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. He says for the yeah. foreseeable future... Oh. Um, what, how we see this developing is as a premium and a budget service. So you get into a car with a human driver, that's premium. Yep. You get in with a, with a computer, oh, okay. it's budget. Um, so two tiers. Yeah. And... Uh, they also envisage it being used for sharing rides or maybe shuttle buses in airports and stuff.
1: It, I, it,
0: I, 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 they have to say that from a PR point of view. Right. I can't see that lasting because if you're if you're looking on an app, yeah, and you get the option of a cab to take to take you from one place to another for five quid, yeah. or a cab to take you from one place to another for ten quid, what? Which one are you going to choose?
1: Yeah, the cheaper.
0: And so, therefore, no one's going to book the premium rides. And they're going to disappear.
1: But I would never get, in, never get in an Uber pool because I don't want to sit in a cab with someone who's drunk. Yeah, I get it. We've, we've... They'll offer
0: autonomous on a, without it being shared, I bet.
1: Yeah, because you you, that's too dangerous, putting strangers in an autonomous car together. I don't know. I,
0: I don't think from that point of view. I just think that they will, they will maybe they'll have a, a, a tiered system where you've got premium, yeah. then you've got autonomous, then you've got autonomous pool
1: yeah yeah yeah, and people will go
0: for the autonomous rather than premium which is too costly and rather than sharing with some stranger who might be a knobhead
1: so your your premium drivers will be redundant probably well
0: i i think they have to say they're going to carry on and i can understand them saying well there'll be a tiered service i just can't see you know we're talking about self-regulation yes i think consumers will choose that option of the the cheaper option
1: like i say especially in london it you can't go faster than 30 miles an hour most places so the, the risk isn't that high you know, so I'll sit in an automated car gladly when it comes out.
0: Oh. Yeah. Do you think autonomous vehicles will be excessive in their use of horn If some idiots and of them not would do they, it. Would they
1: beep at each other then? <laughs> <laughs> would, they, would they, you know, you've got one robot beeping another robot. Ah, oh, I'd love it. Like when Ang- bus drivers robots. wave at each other sort of thing. <laughs> angry know?
0: robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, anyway, what products have you got for us?
1: Ah, oh, well, I actually found this on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, some people might have seen it. Uh, it's the Line X spray, right? The Line X spray. Yeah, now it's a spray that makes is anything it, is, is indestructible. This, it's not like link spray.
0: No, 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 it's you're definitely Line-X.
1: Line right,
0: it's not it's not some aftershave for, no, 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 no. Uh, for kids.
1: So I saw a video and um, basically this it's like an aerosol. Right. Someone was spraying the front of a car with it and then someone attacked it with a baseball bat. Didn't dent it. Someone sprayed an egg in this spray and threw it off a building. Didn't crack. Right, it's an indestructible spray. Um, let me just give you a bit more... Um, a bit, bit dangerous.
0: More... I mean, hopefully someone doesn't spray it on you.
1: Well, this is this is a worry about people. But, you know, I, I actually quipped on the article, can it protect my feelings from attack? But, you know, that's just a poor joke. Um, so it's a flex, flexible plastic coating spray applied, far tougher than most other protective coatings, and it has a quick spray, uh, set time. Can be sprayed at any desired thickness from 1 mil to 10 mil and beyond. So, the longer you hold it there, the thicker it will be. Yeah, I won't get into the fact that it's a polyurethane elastometer system, but it's good to know, I guess, Dave. <laughs> um, but it fuses two different liquids, a hardener and a resin, uh, to combine to create this coating, if you will. Um, it's not the most techie thing, but I do think like it's good. Especially, you know, if we're talking about autonomous vehicles, you spray the front and backs of your cars in that, you won't crash, or if you do crash, no damage.
0: I'm uh, surely you just make safer cars, and Sure. surely you just make the cars in it in a way like because no, if something doesn't have any give, yeah. then if it does break, it breaks catastrophically; it It won't on. break. It, it definitely won't break. Someone's driven it into a wall at like 90 miles an hour.
1: It's environmentally safe.
0: I uh, good. That didn't really answer the question. No. Um,
1: Here I For an idea of application time, it takes about three hours for one experienced person to complete an over-the-rail truck application.
0: Right, so what what is the actual... What are they protection. suggesting is the real practical kind of example of when you'd use
1: this? Yeah, so protection. It, the, the video is doing bumpers of cars. A lot of people spraying the bumpers of their cars. So that impact... Does Basically
0: suggests that they imagine these people are going to crash. Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm thinking of, you know, taking it even further.
0: Yeah, hang on. But if we're thinking about cybersecurity, we're talking about, you know, risk or prevention.
1: Sure. Well, this is... <laughs> this, yeah, all right, you got me there. This is definitely prevention rather than looking at the risk. Maybe
0: we should, you know, just drive more safely.
1: yeah. But it wouldn't have been a fun product if I said, oh, Dave, my product this week is 10 hours of road awareness lessons.
0: I think that would have been a great product.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but this, this is quite a cool idea. Uh, uh, again, I saw a lot of people taking their uh, phone cases and spraying their phone case in it.
0: Okay, yeah, phone case. So right, that's okay.
1: quite, quite good. You can drop it from a height. Um, I'm thinking, you know, do your football boots. Imagine going in for a tackle with those football boots on. You're going to be Yeah, but they're not going to
0: flex, are
1: they? Yeah, we don't need to flex that much. Don't worry about it. Okay. It's, it's a bit of a different product, I'll admit that. It's not as techy, but I think in, in a preventative case, it can stop people from hurting themselves.
0: Very nice. I'm not yes. sure about that one, but... No, okay. I don't know how
1: much it is either, so I've got... It yeah. doesn't
0: have batteries.
1: Definitely doesn't need a charge-up no. time. Um, here are, here's one of their points. <laughs> one of their points, just product versatility, so... Great. You know? You can spray it on anything. Anything you want. Great. Girlfriend's mouth, sunglasses... My heart. It's his it
0: You Yeah, you don't need. You don't have a heart if you're saying horrible things like that. More Rosie. <laughs> I'm only or joking. Rosie.
1: She. Well, we'll put it over her ears to protect her from my bullshit that I talk all Remember the time. Remember, it over your mouth. <laughs> there we yeah.
0: go. Right. Uh, look. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. Thanks, Dave, for being our guest. We are back on Thursday. On Wednesday night, we're going to be at us. Level Thirty Nine yeah. from six o'clock. We've got an awesome panel and I'm hosting the panel debate for the launch of the Harvey Nash Technology Survey. So uh, come along to that. We'll share it in this week's newsletter and on the show notes. Until then, we'll speak to you later.
1: Yeah, come down. Give you a chance to meet us and Ryder as well.
0: Yeah.